بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك الذاكرون وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون Today's dars lesson is with regard to the matn al-aqidah the text on aqidah and belief of al-imam Abu Ja'far Ahmad al-Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala which is famously known as matn al-aqidah al-Tahawiyah al-Tahawiyah is in reference to the area where he was from in Egypt, Taha, from the locality of Taha. So he was ascribed to Taha and he became known as a Tahawi. Abu Ja'far is his kunya, Ahmad is his name, and he was the nephew of Al Imam Al Muzani, Rahimallah Ta'ala. Al Imam Al Muzani, Rahimallah Ta'ala, was the maternal nephew of Al Imam Muhammad bin Idris al Shafi'i, Rahimallah Ta'ala, the Imam of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah in his time. Al-Imam Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i rahimullah was born in the year 150 Hijri, the same year that Al-Imam Abu Hanifa and Nu'man bin Thabit rahimullah ta'ala passed away. So Al-Imam Al-Muzani rahimullah was from his students and from his nephews was Al-Imam Abu Ja'far Ahmad al-Tahawi rahimullah ta'ala who composed this aqidah. And of course he passed away in the year 324, Rahimullah Ta'ala, and he, he was therefore a contemporary of Imam Abu Hassan Al Ash'ari, Rahimullah Ta'ala, and Al Imam Abu Mansur Muhammad Al Maturidi, Rahimullah Ta'ala. He was a contemporary of them. This Aqidah, Matun Al Aqidah Al Tahawiyah, is the Aqidah of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah which is the aqidah of the sahaba, al-sahabatul kiram, the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. But why this aqidah is important, having been compiled toward the end of the third century, is because of all the ikhtilaf and disputes that many issues were discussed to the point that the time it was compiled in, you can say that any dispute that arises after that period of time you will find the aqidah of al-imam al-tahawi rahimullah ta'ala alluding to that point. Whatever point of dispute people may have, there will be something within the aqidah. Around 105 points or 105 sentences or paragraphs or assertions within the aqidah, you will find something alluding to that point of dispute. Because you had groups like the Mu'tazila, founded by the likes of Wasil bin Ata and others, that they disputed so many things, they subdivided into so many different sects, that there were over 15 different Mu'tazila sects, each one declaring the other kafir. And they brought in innovations, heresies into Aqidah, that the ulama of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they clarified those points to the public, that then Al-Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala will mention something in his aqidah 
which is relevant to that time but is also relevant to all times. So this aqidah is so important that every Muslim, every Sunni Muslim should firstly know this aqidah compiled by Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala and then additionally learn one text in fiqh in jurisprudence and then one text in tazkiyah in purifying the self like Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari's work the refinement of the souls or Sulami's work on the infamies of the soul and then finally read a book which is the book of Al-Imam Al-Qadi Iyad bin Musa Al-Yahsubi rahimahullah ta'ala which is known as Al-Shifa bi-Ta'arifi Hukuq al-Mustafa meaning four essential books every Muslim should go through starting with Matnul Aqidat al-Tahawiyah then a book in fiqh like Al-Quduri, Mukhtasar Al-Quduri and then a book in Tazkiyah, like I mentioned, the, refi- uh, the refinement of the souls or the infamies of the soul by Asullami. And then finally, the Shifa of Imam Al-Qadi Iyad, rahimahullah ta'ala, to have a foundation in the deen. Because the time and age we live in, you have people practicing the deen, acting upon the deen for 20, more year- 20 years and more, and they still ask the same basic questions. Like, where is Ya'juj and Ma'juj? Where is Al- uh, Al-Mahdi? Where is Al-Dajjal? Why does Allah create evil? Where is Allah located? They asked the same questions for over 20 years, which is sad because the companions, Ali Muridwan, they learned whatever they learned from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa which was the Quran and Sunnah. Al-Quran al-Kareem. And the Sunnah, the Ahadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam accepted that and then they implemented that, they acted upon that. But we live in an age where people will ask the same questions for 20 years and more until they reach old age. So it's essential for every Muslim to learn this Aqeedah which is known as Matnul Aqeedah Al-Tahawiyah. It states, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. الحمد لله رب العالمين قال العلامة said العلامة the learned extremely learned حجة الإسلام حجة الإسلام is the title of extremely learned علماء the likes of الإمام أبو حامد الغزالي رحمه الله تعالى and this is a title given to الإمام أبو جعفر الطحاوي unlike today's day and age where people give out titles very easily these titles are really the reserve of certain specific ulama. Hujjatul Islam, Abu Ja'far, Al-Warraq. Why they refer to him as Al-Warraq? Al-Warraq is a profession that people would cut up papers in order to write upon papers. Uh, of course, in those times, people wouldn't just pick up A4 papers from a shop. They would manufacture paper and then cut up the paper. Al-Warraq, Al-Tahawiyu. At-Tahawi, a reference to Taha in Egypt. Bi-Misra, rahimahullah, in Egypt. May Allah have mercy upon him. Hada, this meaning this text. Dhikru 
is the mention bayani aqidati ahli sunnati wal jama'ah is the explanation of the belief of the people of the sunnah and the congregation the word aqida is from aqada aqada is to tie something so aqida comes in the meaning of ma'qud something tied up why because you place the aqida in the heart and then you tie it up and you do not allow any of it to leave and you do not allow anything new to enter this is the meaning of aqida but which aqida the aqida aqidatu ahli sunnah wal jama'ah what is ahli sunnah ahli sunnah is more broad than what some people make it out to be today ahli sunnah wal jama'ah firstly al-imam as-subki rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions this aqida this text that was written is consisting of the belief of all the groups of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah Al-Asha'ira wal Maturidiyah wa Ahl Al-Athar the, the Asha'ira the Maturidiyah and Ahl Al-Athar the scholars of Hadith their creed is included in this text this text unifies all of them so Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is firstly those schools of Aqidah and there are only three schools of Aqidah within Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah which are those three you cannot innovate a fourth and then you have the four Madhahib Al Madhahib Al Arba'ah but up to this point there were 12 Madhahib so within Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah there were 12 Madhahib the other Madhahib they disappeared with time because the followers of those madhahib did not record down the usul the usulul fiqh they did not record the legal theory they did not record the judgments legal judgments of the imams like the school of al-imam al-layth bin sa'ad rahimallahu ta'ala for instance or the school of sa'id ibn musayyib rahimallah and like this many other madhahib over time allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so willed that only four schools survived which later the ijma' the consensus was bound upon these four sunni schools as for the shia who refer to themselves as ja'fari this is also a tampered school it cannot be correctly ascribed to al-imam ja'far sadiq rahimahullah ta'ala and similarly the zaidi school these are tampered schools in terms of they have tampered the fiqh of the ahlul bayt the fiqh of the ahlul bayt is preserved in the school of al-imam Abu Hanifa al-Nu'man bin Thabit and the school of al-imam Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i and al-imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala why because al-imam Malik was a student of al-imam Ja'far al-Sadiq al-imam Abu Hanifa was also a student of al-imam Ja'far al-Sadiq and this is why he said lawla sanatan lahalak al-Nu'man if it were not for 2 years Nu'man would have perished meaning in reference to his uh, his accompanying with whom al-imam ja'far al-sadiq rahimahullah ta'ala so today's shia schools are tampered schools and all shias in reality should repent and join the ranks of ahl sunnah wal jama'ah so he states bayanu aqidati ahl sunnati wal jama'ati ala madhhabi fuqaha al-millati upon the school of the jurists of the religion fuqaha is jurists plural of faqih who are they abi hanifata al-nu'man bin thabit al-kufi this is al-imam abu hanifa rahimallahu ta'ala was born in the year 80 after hijri and passed away in the year 150 after hijri 
and he was representative of the school of Salafus Salihun. How he's he was a student of Al Imam Hamad, who was a student of Al Imam Ibrahim Al Nakhi, Rahimahullah Taala, who was a student of Al Qama, who was a student of Abdullah bin Masud radiyallahu an, and likewise Al Imam Abu Hanifa, as mentioned by Ibn Hajar Al Haytami, Rahimahullah Taala, took. Hadith from over a thousand shiyukh in Al-Kufa alone. From over 1,000 shiyukh in Al-Kufa, he took hadith. And he transmitted the hadith of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, the likes of Abdullah bin Mas'ud and Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an, to the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then his student, Abi Yusuf, Abu Yusuf Ya'qub bin Ibrahim al-Ansari. This is whom Al-Imam Abu Yusuf, rahimahullah ta'ala, the former student of Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, who was the chief justice in the Khilafah of Harun al-Rashid. He wrote a book, Kitab al-Kharaj. Al-Kharaj is a book on taxes and governance. Kitab al-Kharaj, this is one of his books. This book is published and available on governance. So he was a man of immense fiqh jurisprudence. Abi Abdullah Muhammad bin Al Hassan Al Shaybani, Al Imam Muhammad bin Al Hassan Al Shaybani, rahimahullah taala, was of Syrian origin, of a Shami origin, but resided in Iraq and studied under Al Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah taala. He was the one who recorded the fiqh of Al Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah taala. Al-Imam Al-Awza'i, rahimahullah ta'ala, one of the imams of the Salaf, he said regarding Ahlul Iraq, they know nothing of jihad. Why he said this was because the Ahlul Sham were always involved in jihad because their countries bordered the Europeans and the coastal regions and the, the area of Constantinople, which was at that time governed by the Byzantines. And they would always be engaged in jihad. So Al-Imam Al-Awza'i, rahimahullah, who was the Imam of Ahlul Sham, of the Syrians at the, at the time of Greater Syria, he said that the Iraqis know nothing of jihad, so meaning rulings, legal rulings of jihad. And Al-Sham will always remain the land of jihad. Even today, it's the land of jihad, as we can see in Palestine, for instance. So because they are always engaged in jihad, they know the legal rulings. There are ahkam in jihad. So Al-Imam Muhammad al-Shaybani, he penned a Sirul Kabir, a huge book which is published in five volumes on ahkam of jihad and sent it to Al-Imam al-Awza'i, demonstrating that the Ahlul Iraq, they are aware of the ahkam legal rulings of al-jihad. So like Al-Imam Abu Yusuf wrote Kitab al-Kharaj, he wrote many books. One of them was a Sirul Kabir. So... What he states regarding them, Ridwanullahi Ali Majma'in. Note here he says, Ridwanullahi Ali Majma'in. You can say, Radiallahu Anhum, for Ghair Sahaba. For non companions, it's permitted. There are many Diobandis, sometimes they make an issue. Why do you say, Radiallahu An, after non Sahaba? It's permitted. You even find it in the manuscripts. For instance, the Muqaddimah of Ibn Salah, Rahimallah Ta'ala, you check the manuscripts. You'll find him utilizing radiallahu an for ulama, so it is permitted. وَمَا يَعْتَقِدُونَ مِنْ أُصُولِ الدِّينِ This is whatever they believed from the principles of religion. يَعْتَقِدُونَ 
And what they took as religion for the Lord of the universes. Number one, now note here what people would refer to this aqidah as is as a dogmatic uh, creed. What that means, it states and asserts the creed without proof. This is for the layperson to read so they know what is the correct position of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. As I said, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is the aqidah of Salafu Salihun. The person who believes in this creed is a real Salafi. He is believing in the correct belief of Salafu Salihun, the pious predecessors, because this is the creed of Ahlul Hadith and the creed of the four Imams. Naqulu, we say, Fi Tawheedillahi, regarding the oneness monotheism of Allah, Mu'taqideena, believing thereby, Bitawfiqillahi, with the enablement of Allah, firstly, in Allah Wahidun, that Allah is one. La Sharika Lah, there is no partner for Him. Now, note here the style is different to other texts, like Asanusiya and the later texts. They have what? They have the categorization of the attributes like Al Wujud, existence, a Sifatul Nafsiya, which is existence of Allah, and then a Sifatul Salbiya the negating attributes, and then all the other attributes, Sifatul Ma'ani and Sifatul Ma'nawiyah. But this style is more in accordance with the style of As-Salafu Salihun, who did not categorize things in such a way. That's a categorization of the later generations. In fact, just the generation after Al-Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi, which is the generation of whom Abu al-Ma'ali, who is whom Al-Imam Abdul Malik Abu Al-Ma'ali Al-Juwaini Rahimallahu Ta'ala, the teacher of whom Al-Imam Abu Hamid Al-Ghazali Rahimallahu Ta'ala, who wrote the work Al-Irshad. They, they categorize things as such. And then you also have after this generation Al-Imam Al-Bayhaqi Rahimallahu Ta'ala, who was the Imam of Ahlul Hadith in his time. So we say in Allah Wahidun La Sharika Lahu, that Allah indeed is one, there is no partner for him. وَلَا شَيْءً مِثْلُهُ And there is nothing resembling him. This is from the verse of Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ الصَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ That nothing resembles Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا شَيْءً يُعْجِزُهُ And nothing renders him incapable. وَلَا شَيْءً يُعْجِزُهُ وَلَا إِلَهَ غَيْرُهُ And there is no deity or no God other than him. قَدِيمٌ بِلَا إِبْتِدَاءٍ he is what everlasting without beginning. Or you could say Qadim, beginningless, without any uh, beginning, bila ibtida'in. Da'imun, continuous, bila intiha'in. Da'im, the word da'im means what? Continuous, everlasting. Bila intiha'in, without an end. La yafna wa la yabidu. Allah never perishes, la yafna, from fana, wa la yabidu. The word bada yabidu, also means to perish. So perishing never comes about with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا يَكُونُ إِلَّا مَا يُرِيدُ And nothing will occur except what He wills. This means that whatever occurs in the universe only occurs with the will and might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَا تَبْلُغُهُ الْأَوْهَامُ Imagination never reaches Him. الْأَوْهَامُ is plural of وَهَمْ لا تبلغه الأوهام means no imagination ever reaches him 
what is ascribed to Sayyiduna Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu an is what? Kullu ma khatara bibalik, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala duna thalik. Whatever enters your heart, meaning how you attempt to conceive Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is other than that. Meaning your minds can never comprehend and conceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can your mind comprehend and conceive Allah if your mind cannot even conceive and comprehend the skies? You cannot comprehend and conceive the skies or the universe, the entire universe. Then how can you comprehend and understand Allah? You can understand that Allah exists, but to understand the essence of Allah or the that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is impossible because the mind is created and the created can never comprehend and contain the uncreated. That the imaginations never reach him. And the understanding, al-afham is plural, al-fahm, can never comprehend him. Idraq is complete comprehension. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not resemble the creation in any way. You can read this as, وَلَا يُشْبِهُ الْأَنَامَ He does not resemble from أَشْبَهَ يُشْبِهُ وَشَبِهَ يُشْبَهُ وَلَا يَشْبَهُ الْأَنَامَ Al-Anam is creation. He bears no resemblance to creation. And this was covered in the attribute of what? Al-Mukhalafatu lil-Hawadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in opposition to the contingent, that which we covered in the aqidah of Imam Ibrahim al-Bajuri rahimahullah ta'ala. Hayyun, he is living. La yamutu, he does not die. Qayyumun, self-subsisting. La yanamu, and he does not sleep. Now some people may think these attributes are obvious. Why did these imams, a'imma, plural of imam, why did these a'imma feel the need to mention the obvious? The answer is that people who worship animals or people who have no familiarity with Islam or people who entered Islam, these things were not obvious for them. Someone coming from Hinduism with no interaction with a Muslim or from Christianity with no interaction with a Muslim, he would not think it's obvious that God Almighty does not eat food. For them, this is not badihi, self-evident. So it's essential to mention these things. You have to also remember that when the Muslims conquered vast lands, they did not force conversions. So for hundreds of years, the majority of Bilad al-Sham, for instance, remained non-Muslim. The majority of the country was non-Muslim. They entered Islam at least in as a majority religion, if you can use the word religion for al-Islam, as a majority deen, over four to five hundred years after the conquest. So for those people, these things were not obvious when the aqidah was written down. For us as Muslims, now uh, this would seem very obvious, all of these things. Hayyun la yamutu. Allah is creator without need. There are some people, sometimes they say Allah had a need and Allah created. This is false. You cannot say Allah has a need to create. Allah creates without a need. So if you say Allah created something in order to do something, you do not say it like that. How do you say it? 
the wisdom of the creation of X is the coming about of Y. Like this, you refer to the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no need to create. Raziqun bila mu'natin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the sustainer without effort. He's al-razaqu dhul quwwatil mateen. He sustains without effort. He feeds the entire universe, sustains them without any effort. Mumitun bila makhafatin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates death, brings about death without fear. Mumitun bila makhafatin. Ba'ithun bila mashakkatin. And he is the one who will resurrect without effort, uh, difficulty. Mashakka is difficulty, without difficulty. So why is this mentioned? Because the pagans, what they would believe is they would say, how will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring us back after we have died and perished? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within Al-Quran Al-Kareem, he refers to them in many times, in many verses, where he mentions that he will resurrect them because he was the one who created them from nothing. The one who created you from nothing, is he can resurrect you very easily. So uh, another point here is when we say Sifatul Af'al. What is Sifatul Af'al? The attributes of the divine actions. What is this? Every Sifatul Fa'al, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be described with the opposite. So if I say, Mumitun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives death, creates death. But I can ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Muhyiyun, the one who brings life. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rafi' the one who raises. But I can also say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? Al-Khafid, the one who lowers. So these are known as Sifatul Af'al, the attributes of the actions. And when people ask, they say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, then why does he punish? The answer is very simple, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ascribed with the opposites of these attributes also. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Muntaqim, the one who punishes. Al-Muntaqim. So this is the meaning of the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he would say, A'udhu bik mink. Meaning I seek refuge with you from you. Meaning with Allah from Allah. From the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Mumitun bila makhafatin. Allah gives, creates death. And takes the soul without fear. And he resurrects without difficulty. He never ceased with his attributes being everlasting. I mean, his attributes are everlasting also. You cannot say Allah became merciful. He was always merciful. You cannot say Allah became willing. He was always willing. You cannot say Allah became all-knowing, he was always all-knowing. لَمْ يَزْدَدْ بِكَوْنِهِمْ شَيْئًا لَمْ يَكُنْ قَبْلَهُمْ مِنْ صِفَاتِهِ By the creation coming about, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَمْ يَكُنْ قَبْلَهُمْ مِنْ صِفَاتِهِ Something new did not come about for him. So for instance, 
before there was anything to sustain, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was ar-razaq. When things were created and he sustains them, he did not become ar-razaq, he was always ar-razaq. This is the meaning of that. Some people, they cannot understand how can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exist and nothing else existed. The answer is, you are thinking in accordance with time. What is time? Time is the movement of objects and solid bodies. So if everything became still now, time would stand still. This is the meaning of time. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in time or place because time is measured through the movement of objects and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from that. So when things come about, they are in time and place. So things that are in time and place, they have a beginning and an end. But for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we say Allah is timeless, He is timeless because He is not measured in accordance with the movement of solid bodies. So he is always ar-razaq, even when there was nothing to sustain. So he states, لَمْ يَزْدَدْ بِكَوْنِهِمْ شَيْئًا He did not increase by them becoming something لَمْ يَكُنْ قَبْلَهُمْ مِنْ صِفَاتِهِ That he did not have prior to them from his attributes. وَكَمَا كَانَ بِصِفَاتِهِ أَزَلِيًّا And the way he was with his attributes أَزَلِيًّا Beginningless. كَذَلِكَ لَا يَزَالُ عَلَيْهَا أَبَدِيًّا Likewise, he will always remain what? Everlasting. Meaning his attributes will always remain. It was not after the creation of creation, he attained the name Al-Khaliq. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always being willing. Some people will think, how did Allah always will for something? The answer is you are thinking in time and place regarding how you would will. Meaning when we will, we will in time and place. We wait. But for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, none of that applies. Because he is not contained by time and place. So after the creation came about, he did not attain the name Al-Khaliq. He was always known as Al-Khaliq. And it was not by bringing about Al-Bariya, the creation. Al-Bariya is the creation, that what is originated. Istafada ism al-bari that he attained the name al-bari. What is al-bari? The originator of things. So, like the name of Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, rahimullah taala's work, Fathul Bari, the the opening from who al-bari, the originator. So you cannot say when things were originated, then Allah subhanahu wa taala became known as al-bari. No, he was has always been known as al-bari. لَهُ مَعْنَ الرَّبُوبِيَّةِ وَلَا مَرْبُوبَةِ He has the meaning of lordship. What is lordship? Lordship is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates everything and sustains everything. He has always had the meaning of الرَّبُوبِيَّةِ وَلَا مَرْبُوبَةِ And there was nothing to sustain. He was always Rabb even when there was nothing to sustain. وَمَعْنَ الْخَالِقِ وَلَا مَخْلُوقَ And he was always Al-Khaliq, the creator, وَلَا مَخْلُوقَ And there was no creation. So 
he again emphasizes the same point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had always these attributes. And likewise, he is the one who gives life to the dead. He did not become Muhyil Mauta after he gives life. He is always Muhyil Mauta. You cannot say he became Muhyil Mauta, the one who gave life to the dead, after he, the dead were brought out of their graves. No, he was always Muhyil Mauta. He is deserved of this name prior to bringing them back to life. And likewise, he is deserving of the name Al-Khaliq prior to them being created. Insha'iyah means what? When something, the inception of something. Prior to their inception, he was always what? Al-Khaliq. And that is meaning all of this which is mentioned. بِأَنَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power over everything. And this means what? عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُمْكِنٌ As Imam Jalaluddin al-Suyuti rahimullah, he points out in his tafsir that إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ It means كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُمْكِنٍ Everything possible. What is possible? Possible is that which is not wajib and that which is not mustahil. Wajib, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wajib. His attributes are wajib. Allah doesn't have power over himself. You do not say he's, that is under his power. And likewise, you do not say one attribute is under the power of Allah. The attributes are what? They're, they are not under the power. And similarly, what is the meaning of mustahil? The meaning of mustahil Impossible is that it can never exist. It's impossible for it to exist like another God. So therefore, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he is powerful over everything, it means everything which is possible. وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ إِلَيْهِ فَقِيرٌ And everything is in need of him. فَقِير What is فَقِير? فَقْر is internal need. Uh, need which is what from the essential nature of something everyone is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything in creation is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and every matter for him is what easy now here a common question if you ask some people they will become confused which is if you say to them is it more difficult for Allah to create the universe or an atom? They become confused. The reality is everything is easy for Allah equally. You cannot say it's more difficult to create the universe than it is to create an atom. So this is why he points out, Every command for him is easy. What is kullu amr? The commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Alam al-Amr, the divine commands, like kum fayakun, be and it is. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands for something to come into existence, everything is easy. In the same way, 
You cannot say it's more difficult for him to create a planet than it is to create an atom. لا يحتاج إلى شيء And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of anything, meaning he doesn't need material to create. You cannot say he needs a material first and then from that material he creates. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ there is nothing that resembles him, yet he is all hearing and all seeing. This verse, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ entails no similarity to creation whatsoever, yet, even though he has no resemblance, he is all hearing and all seeing. خَلَقَ الْخَلْقَ بِعِلْمِهِ He created all creation with his knowledge. Meaning everything that's created around us is with the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot say it is with jahl ignorance. Because if he was ascribed with ignorance, then he would not be able to create anything. You cannot make the basic mistake of Stephen Hawking in a brief history of time where he cannot conceive a creator who can make sense of what relativity with quantum theory, a combination of both. I mean, this is a basic mistake. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is beyond that. So, وَقَدَّرَ لَهُمْ أَقْدَارًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed for them أَقْدَار appointed times. Why does he mention this? Because he lived in a time where the Qadariyah, the Qadariyah, remember, they appeared in the time of the companions alayhim ridwan. They would question the qada and qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They would question how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything and at the same time how do human beings have free will. So he says, وَقَدَّرَ لَهُمْ أَقْدَارًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preordained things for everyone. Aqdar, plural of qadr, everything has been preordained for us, our height, the food we will consume, the drink that we will take. Every aspect of our lives has been preordained with the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't negate free will. And then he states, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala struck for them appointed times, meaning the time of death for everyone is appointed. You can never run away from that time. Everything has been fixed in accordance with the ilm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَمْ يَخْفَ عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ Nothing was hidden from him. لَمْ يَخْفَ Nothing was hidden from him. قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَهُمْ Prior to creating them. This is a refutation of the Mu'tazila. What did the Mu'tazila believe? Some of them, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only learns and acquires things after people do those things. Certain philosophers, they adopt these ideas also. That people only acquire knowledge, uh, they acquire actions and then Allah learns with regard to their actions. وَعَلِمَ And he knew مَا هُمْ عَامِلُونَ What they will do قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَهُمْ Prior to creating them. So then you have basic objections which have a very simple response. People ask, they say, if Allah knew what everyone will do, then why does he not just place everyone in paradise and hellfire? The answer is, firstly, Allah knowing does not mean he has forced you to do the action. 
because the attribute of al-ilm is a sifatul kashifa, the uncovering attribute. It doesn't mean Allah has forced you to do it. He, he knew with his divine knowledge what you will do with the free will that you have been given. Secondly, you are not punished until you carry out those actions with your own volition, with your own free will. The person exercises his own free will. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not make him mujbar, forced to do something. Like the Jabariya believed. The Jabariya believed everyone is just like a leaf in the wind. They have no choice and no free will. So Allah, so he states, He commanded them to obey him. And he prohibited them from his from sinning and from disobeying him. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everyone, he knew what they will do. But when they reach a certain age, which is the age of maturity known as taklif, they become mukallaf. They have intellect, they have senses. They have something created within them, which is exercising a free will. The exercising of the free will is what they are punished and rewarded for. There is no forcing. That small amount of free will that we have, when we do good actions, Allah rewards us for those good actions. When we do bad actions, Allah uh, punishes us for those bad actions. But when we say Allah guides whom he wills and misguides whom he wills, this means when you choose to do good, Allah will increase you in guidance. When you choose to do bad, Allah will increase you in misguidance. This is the meaning of that. So he states, وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ And everything. Now the Mu'tazila were unable to compatibilize this. They couldn't make sense of this. So they, the Mu'tazila and the Qadariya and the Jabariya, all these sects arose because they couldn't make sense how we have human free will. And at the same time, Allah is ordaining everything. They thought that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creating everything entails no free will. Or some of them thought that Allah has created within us a free will and then leaves us to our own devices. But the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we said Allah creates us with the free will. We exercise the free will. Exercising the free will is what we are punished and rewarded for. But the actions are created by Allah. So what is exercising the will? I want to pick up this bottle of water. Allah has created for me a hand and an arm and a mind by which I can plan. The exercising of the will is when I com- willingly combine all of these things to pick up the water. Allah creates for me at that time what I want to do. If Allah wills, I would not be able to pick up the water. But the exercising of the will is what I will be rewarded and punished for. So he states, Everything runs according to his proportioning, taqdeer, how Allah proportions things. And his divine will. His mashia is what carried out. How Allah wants things to be, they will be carried out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create the material means for something to happen. If Allah wills for something not to happen, the material means will never be created. 
There is no will of the human, of the servant, except what he has willed for them. What does that mean in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ It is not what you will, it is only what Allah wills. What meaning what Allah has willed for you as created within you, the exercising of the will, which is acquisition of the actions. He has created that within you. That is what you will be rewarded for and punished for. Everything else is preordained by Allah. And if it comes out, it can only come about when Allah creates the material means. If Allah wills, someone's arm could become, he would be unable to move the arm or the hand to pick up the bottle, even though he wants to pick up the bottle, exercise his will. But it only comes about when Allah creates the action. The Mu'tazila and the Qadariya, they couldn't understand how Allah creates the action and we have a free will, so they made different schools. So Al-Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi places these points of Iman, of faith, so people understand and they do not fall into the incorrect beliefs. Whatever Allah wills for them will happen, will occur. And whatever he has not willed, what he has not ordained will not occur. He guides whom he wills. Now here, does this negate freedom of choice? The answer is no. Because the Quran, when Al-Quran Al-Kareem informs us with regard to whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, it informs us that the one who adopts guidance, Allah will guide him. And the one who adopts misguidance, Allah will increase him in misguidance. So he he's, when it says, Allah guides whom he wills, he, his will is associated with those who choose guidance. And he protects and yu'afi forgives, protects and forgives fadlan as a favor. And he misguides whom he wills. And he disgraces and places ibtila is what placing people in trials. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places people in trials adlan as justice. So here this is a reference to what later became known as the problem of evil. People could not understand why people go under tribulations. But remember the rule is everyone is either under the ni'mah of Allah the favor of Allah, or they are under the adl of Allah, the justice of Allah. So always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to place you in his ni'mah, his favor, not under his justice. So he states, وَكُلُّهُمْ All of them يَتَقَلَّبُونَ فِي مَشِيئَتِهِ They all turn, meaning all of creation turns, يَتَقَلَّبُونَ in under his divine will. Everything occurs under the will of Allah. Between the favor of Allah and the justice of Allah. So when we see a zalzala, like in Turkey now and Syria, and people die, we as Muslims, we know this is the child who dies in that earthquake, he is in the mercy of Allah. And the sinner who dies, he is under the adl of Allah. People of one of two 
They are either a sinner or a non-sinner. The one who is not a sinner or the one who is a believer or a disbeliever. The believer is under the mercy of Allah. The unbeliever is under the adl of Allah, the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then of course, the dunya is not darul qarar. It's not a place to remain forever. It's a place of imperfections. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has purposefully, willfully created the dunya with imperfections. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala transcends from opposites. You cannot ascribe Allah with an opposite. He doesn't have an opposite. And andad equals plural of nid. You cannot say there is an equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way or form. If Allah has ordained something, there is no one who can Rad here is ismul fa'il from radda to to repel whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained, no one can repel his divine judgment. And this is the meaning when in the Hanafi fiqh books you find a quote whoever says, Oh Allah, I ask you by the arsh or I ask you by this, and this is prohibited. This is ascribed to Imam Abu Hanifa rahimullah. Some of the Salafis, they misquote this, the Wahhabis, they misquote this. This citation, this quotation is not about tawassul. It's regarding those people who believed it is wajib upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do the thing. It's not permitted for someone to believe that if I ask by the, for the sake of this wali or for the sake of this nabi, that it becomes wajib upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not believe it's wajib upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what the Hanafi verdict is refuting. So some of the Wahhabis, they misquote those passages. And it's one of those issues I mentioned, someone will be asking for 20 years, 30 years, but the explanation is as simple as that. لا راد there is no one who can repel his divine judgment, wala mu'aqiba, divine ordainment, wala mu'aqiba li hukmihi. No one can correct his judgment. Wala ghaliba li amrihi. No one can overwhelm his, his command. If Allah gives a command, it will happen. Amanna bi dhalika kullihi. We believe in that all of it. Wa aiqanna. And we have certainty. That all of this is from him, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abduhu al-Mustafa. Firstly, Abd is the one of the best titles of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he is the one who fulfills the ubudiyah, servitude to Allah. And that's why it is impossible for anyone to worship the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because he's Abdullah. Within Al-Quran Al-Kareem, like in Surah Al-Kahf, Alhamdulillahilladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba. And likewise in Surah Al-Isra, Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi. The, the best title. And in Surah Al-Jinn, where Rasulullah is referred to as Abdullah. 
This is the best, one of the best titles of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allahumma la taj'al qabri wathanan yu'bad. Oh Allah, do not make my grave an idol that is worshipped. For over 1400 years, no one worships the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. A mu'jizah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed the Jews and the Christians. They took the graves of the prophets as what masajid places of worship. This, this has never occurred with the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, Abduhu al-Mustafa, the chosen one, al-Mustafa, the root word of this is Safa Yasfu to be pure. Al Mustafa, the one who is chosen, the purely chosen one. Wa Nabiyul Mujtaba, the selected prophet. Nabi, the root word of Nabi can be from Naba'un to inform because a Nabi is the one who gives information of the unseen of the ghaib. Nabiyul Mujtaba, he selected prophet. Wa Rasuluhul Murtada and his messenger with whom he is well pleased, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَأَنَّهُ خَاتَمُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ And indeed he is the finality of prophets. So خَاتُمُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ Finality of prophets. عَلَيْهِمُ الصَّلَاةُ والسلام. This is from the Qur'an, قَطِعِ الدَّلَالَةِ Which is, in Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem, مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِنْ رِجَالِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ Then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is not one of the fathers from amongst the men of the men from amongst you but he is what? Rasul Allah the messenger of Allah وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ the finality of prophets this خَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ has two qiraat one is خَاتِمَ النَّبِيِّينَ one is خَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ both are mutawatir, both are correct. Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Qadiani took only one qira'ah. He was a kafir. And then the Qadiani sect divided into two groups. One was the Lahori sect. And the other was the, the sect based in Qadiyan. Hamza Yusuf of California many years ago attempted to validate the Lahori group as Muslims until one of my students corrected him and he retracted the mistake after we only sent him Al-Azhar University's fatwa. But he did that in a lesson of Aqeedah Tahawiyah, a basic mistake. But he stayed obstinate on it first until the Azhar University fatwa was sent to him. But people should not be, if someone like Hamza Yusuf can be fooled by this, imagine the masses, the layperson, thinking that the Lahori Qadianis are what are a Muslim group. No, they are out of the fold of Islam because they reject a tenet of faith which is ma'loom fi deen bi darura, known in religion by necessity, which is that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is khatamun nabiyyin, finality of prophets. So any claimant of prophethood after him is false. So, he states, وَإِمَامُ الْأَتْقِيَاءِ And Rasulullah is the leader of the 
the pious al-atqiya meaning the god-weary people wa sayyidul mursalin the leader of all the messengers wa habibu rabbil alamin the beloved of the lord of the universes habibullah is one of the titles of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it is related in al-jami' of al-imam at-tirmidhi some of the wahhabis try weakening the hadith because they deny the title habibullah some of them but the title is valid now here he states sayyidul anbiya where is the only place where all the anbiya alayhimus salatu wassalam congregated and rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam led them in prayer al masjidul aqsa that is why al masjidul aqsa represents khatmun nubuwa also the preservation of al masjidul aqsa is important upon muslims because it represents the authority of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam over every prophet even isa alayhi salam because all the prophets came to al masjidul aqsa and prayed behind the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam this is why you will find people undermining the cause of al masjidul aqsa today and they will have a softness towards qadianis also at the same time undermining khatmun nubuwa it's no conspiracy it just happens to be that way there's no conspiracy behind that but anyone who has a soft spot towards qadianis they will have a soft spot towards the cause of al masjidul aqsa also so he states wa kullu da'wa nabuwati ba'dahu faghayyun wa hawa every claimant of prophethood after him faghayyun wa hawa ghayyun misguidance wa hawa desire so mirza ghulam ahmad qadiani or anyone claiming to be a prophet some of the followers of mirza ghulam they attempt to confuse the lay person by saying isa alayhi salam will arrive in the end of times he is a prophet arriving after the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is attempting to fool the simpletons isa alayhi salam was a prophet before meaning before the arrival of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was a prophet so he's returning back to earth does not mean it's a new claim to prophethood any new claim of prophethood is misguidance nabuwa or risala wa huwa al-mab'uth he has been sent ila aamat al-jinni wa kafat al-wara to the entirety of jinn kind wa kafat al-wara the remaining of creation kafat al-wara all of creation bil haqqi firstly with truth wal huda guidance wa bin nuri light wa dhiya illumination the khatmun nabuwa also relates to the fact that al islam inna dina inda allah al islam that the religion of al islam as revealed upon sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the last and final religion anyone who dies in christianity or judaism or buddhism or hinduism after the message of islam has reached them and the conditions of taklif have been met they die upon misguidance they die in misguidance anyhow and ultimate judgment is with allah with regard to the individual but misguidance is in those religions al islam is the only truthful religion 
The philosophy that goes against this is known as perennialism. The perennialism is something advocated by people today like uh, Sayyid Hussein Nasr and others and people who support them. And it's something dangerous that takes someone out of the fold of Islam. Uh, Hassan Ligai Eaton and all of these people, they were what? Perennialists in their religion. وَإِنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ And indeed the Qur'an is what? كَلَامُ اللَّهِ The speech of Allah. مِنْهُ بَدَى بِلَا كَيْفِيَةٍ From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this word is from بَدَى يَبْدُو To appear. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't come in the meaning of what? إِحْدَاثِ It comes in the meaning of what? That it, it came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a revelation. مِنْهُ بَدَى بِلَا كَيْفِيَةٍ Without what? كَيْفِيَةٍ Modality. What word does he use for بَدَى? No, the prior to that. It came from him as speech without Yes, so بِلَا كَيْفِيَةٍ كَيْفِيَةٍ is modality. حَوْنَسْ قَوْلًا It's a divine speech. وَأَنزَلَهُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِهِ He revealed it upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَحْيًا As a divine revelation. وَصَدَّقَهُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ عَلَىٰ ذَلِكَ حَقًّا And the believers affirmed this as truthful. وَأَيْقَنُوا And they were certain أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ بِالْحَقِيقَةِ That the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. كَلَامُ اللَّهِ We say Al-Qur'an كَلَامُ اللَّهِ so when someone recites the Qur'an, we are saying this is Kalamullah. When they recite the Qur'an from the Mus'haf, it's Kalamullah. Later on, the Mu'tazila attempted to deny this and they said, how can the Kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enter creation? But this is not what is meant. It's like saying when I say the name Allah, or when I read the name Allah, that is the name of Allah. It doesn't mean Allah has entered creation. Meaning what we recite, it signifies to the divine attribute. Similarly, when I say Allah, it signifies to the name of the essence, the that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And similarly, when I say Kalamullah, it signifies to the divine attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَ بِالْحَقِيقَةِ That indeed it is the speech of Allah with reality. لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ It is not created. كَكَلَامِ الْبَرِيَّةِ Like the speech of creation. Meaning our speech is from a voice box with teeth and a tongue and airwaves. This does not apply to the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's an eternal speech. فَمَنْ سَمِعَهُ Whoever hears the Qur'an, فَزَعَمَ أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ الْبَشَرِ And then claims it is the speech of human beings, فَقَدْ كَفَرَ Then he has disbelieved. وَقَدْ ذَمَّهُ اللَّهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reprimanded such people. وَعَابَهُ And faulted them for doing so. وَأَوْعَدَهُ بِسَقَرِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised them with what? سَقَر حيث قال والله سبحانه وتعالى سيس تعالى سأصليه سقر that I shall burn him أصليه سقر 
uh, this was in reference to one of the pagans of Quraysh. He claimed that the Quran is the speech of humans. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned him of being what? Roasted in the hellfire. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned with regard to saqar, liman qala, for the one who said, in hadha illa qawlul bashar, anyone who says regarding the Quran, this is only the speech of a human. If they say such a thing, they commit disbelief. Meaning from Surah Al-Mudathir. Alimna, we know wa and we are certain annahu qawlu khaliqil bashar. That indeed the Quran is what the, the speech of the creator of al-Bashar. And it doesn't resemble the statements of al-Bashar. It doesn't resemble the statement of Bashar. Meaning there is no resemblance of al-Quran al-Kareem with the speech of humanity. And this of course goes into the discussion of Mu'jizatul Qur'an, the miraculous nature of Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem. وَمَنْ وَصَفَ اللَّهَ بِمَعْنًا مِنْ مَعَانِ الْبَشَرِ Whoever describes Allah with any meaning from the qualities, any quality from the qualities of human beings, فَقَدْ كَفَرَ He commits disbelief. Whoever says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like a man or resembles a man or is contained in time and place, he commits unbelief. Man absara hadha i'tabara. Whoever has deep insight into this will take a lesson. I'tabara. Wa'an mithli qawlil kuffari in zajara. And anything resembling the speech of unbelievers in zajara, he will avoid. Wa'alima annahu bi sifatihi laysa kalbashar. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his divine attributes is not like human beings at all. Now what he mentions here relates to another discussion with the Mu'tazila. That discussion was that the Mu'tazila believed that we can never see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they thought that would be resembling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with creation. Because when we see creation, we see creation in dimension in forms, in diameter, with color. Because of this, they rejected the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he states here, after negating any resemblance of Allah to creation, he affirms the vision. He says, The vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is truthful for the people of paradise. In paradise, they shall go to Alam al-Kuthban, Alam al-Kuthban is where there is musk, a mountain of musk. And on that musk mountain, they shall go every so often and they shall observe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increasing in fragrance, which is in the hadith. It's mentioned in detail in the hadith. And the believers shall see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in yawm al-qiyamah also. But seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, بِغَيْرِ إِحَاطَةٍ Seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't mean we see Allah like the way we see creation. Creation, when we see creation, we encompass creation. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uncovers himself to the believers, this uncovering, again, this at-tajalli, 
manifestation for the creation, you cannot say we encompass the vision of Allah. It's just unveiling for us. And the eyes are not only unveiled, we see Allah with everything. It's an unveiling that occurs. But you can never see all of Allah. There's no such thing as seeing everything to do with Allah. It's just a, a tajalli. For each person, the, the tajalli, which is manifestation, is more and more the higher the maqam. So the highest maqam is the maqam of who? Sayyiduna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then like this, tajalli, the manifestation varies from believer to believer. So he says, Vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is without encompassment. And neither a howness. Howness doesn't apply to Allah. Aquidity, like we apply to creation. This doesn't apply to Allah. Kama nataqa bihi kitabu rabbina. Like the book of our Lord's nataqa spoke with regard to what? Meaning on Day of Judgment. Wujuhun yawma idhin nadirah. In Surah Al-Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, faces on that day shall be resplendent. Nadirah. Illuminated. Why? Ila rabbiha nadirah. They shall be looking to their Lord. Many people shall have the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today's Shia, uh, the Twelvers, Imamiyah, the Rawafid, they reject the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They do not accept their vision. It's the position of the Mu'tazila and today's Rawafid. And there are some people who claim to be Sunni today also who reject the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It goes against the ijma, the consensus. And this is the way of As-Salafu Salihun. He states the explanation of the verse is in accordance with what Allah willed and what He knows. This is a tafweed. What is a tafweed? Deferring the meaning to Allah, but which type of meaning? The precise meaning. Otherwise, we know the general meaning, the universal meaning. But deferring the very precise meaning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the tafweed of a salafu salihun. This is the correct tafweed. When we say this, we leave the meaning to Allah, it means what? The precise meaning, we leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكُلُّ مَا جَاءَ فِي ذَلِكَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ الصَّحِيحِ Everything that has been related regarding that in the authentic hadith, عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم from the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم فهو كما قال it is the way you have said so we the Ahl Sunnah do not reject any one of the authentic hadith regarding the attributes of Allah سبحانه وتعالى ومعناه على ما أراد the meaning is in accordance with what Allah had intended not in accordance with what we understand or not us but the people of Tashbih those who liken Allah to creation. Like when you read the hadith on Allah's descent, we do not understand that to mean descent like creation. It's the descent of the one, laysa kamithlihi shay, the one no one or nothing resembles. We do not enter into that. 
Mutawwilina bi ara'ina. We do not enter that interpreting according to our opinions. So we do not enter into ta'wil. This distinction between the ta'wil which was permitted and the ta'wil which is not permitted. Which ta'wil is not permitted which he is negating? If someone specifies a meaning for that which has not been specified and then they say this by certainty is the actual meaning. This is not permitted. This is the ta'wil which the salaf condemned. Something is related in the Quran and Sunnah. The exact meaning is not specified. A person comes along and specifies the meaning and says this is the only correct meaning. This is the ta'wil which is condemnable. But the ta'wil which was found in as-salaf salihun and in the later imams like al-imam al-nawwi and others is when they say this is a probable meaning. A probable meaning. It could mean this linguistically. But they do not give certainty. This is the ta'wil of the Asha'ira. And this is what today's Salafi movement, Wahhabi movement, what they attempt to do is they attempt to make the ta'wil of the Asha'ira into the condemnable ta'wil. What Ibn Qudama, Al-Maqdisi and others condemned. The ta'wil of the Imams of the Asha'ira is not the ta'wil of the Mu'tazila. Remember these points because they become very useful in uh, dialogue and discussion. وَلَا مُتَوَهِّمِينَ بِأَهْوَائِنَا And neither do we imagine with our desires. مُتَوَهِّمِينَ بِأَهْوَائِنَا فَإِنَّهُ مَا ثَلِمَ فِي دِينِهِ No one is sound and secure in his religion. إِلَّا مَنْ ثَلَّمَ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَلِرَسُولِهِ Except the one who submits to whom? To Allah, mighty and majestic, and to his messenger, صلى الله عليه وسلم. Meaning we affirm all the Qur'an and all the Sunnah of the Prophet without going into ta'wil batil, false ta'wil, and without going into tashbih, likening Allah to creation, and without going into tajseem. وَرَدَّ عِلْمَ مَشْتَبَهَ عَلَيْهِ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِهِ And he defers the knowledge of whatever becomes mashtabaha, whatever becomes vague. What does this mean? Something is related. There are possible two meanings or three meanings or four meanings. He defers that to those who know the meaning. Like Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa. The word istawa has eight meanings. We negate that which is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then whatever is possibly Ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we leave the meaning to Allah. This is tafweed. An alim comes along and he says, the possible meaning is one of these meanings. This is valid ta'wil. What is the invalid ta'wil? Someone comes along without real knowledge and he says, this is the exact meaning by certainty. This is the condemnable ta'wil. This is an essential rule. If you learn this rule, any discussion with any Salafis, you'd be able to handle the discussion because they do not know even these basic rules. وَلَا تَثْبُتُ قَدَمُ الْإِسْلَامِ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ ظَهْرِ التَّسْلِيمِ وَالْإِسْتِسْلَامِ Someone's footing is not firm on Islam. 
your footing is not firm on Islam except ala taslim, except by submitting to Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Complete submittance to Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. فَمَنْ رَامَ Whoever hoped for عِلْمَ مَا حُذِرَ عَنْهُ عِلْمُهُ Knowledge of those things which have been warned regarding their knowledge, meaning knowledge of those things you can never attain. وَلَمْ يَقْنَعْ بِتَسْلِيمِ فَهْمُهُ And his understanding is never satisfied. لَمْ يَقْنَعْ قَنَعْ is never satisfied. حَجَبَهُ مَرَامُهُ His hopes will what veil him? عَنْ خَالِصِ التَّوْحِيد From pure Tawheed. What does this mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left some things in the Quran and Sunnah unspecified. This is a test for the ibad. Like for instance, the hawness for us, the hawness for us, not for Allah, for us, with regard to the vision, how will it occur for us? The knowledge of that we defer to Allah. This is a form of taqlif and a test in itself. But there are some people who will become obsessed with attempting to determine meanings which they can never know on earth. So he states, if you attempt and hope to attain meanings which you can never attain, you will never have true tawheed. What is true tawheed? Submitting entirely to Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Acting upon that which has already been clarified. Most of the deen is clear. So you act upon that which has been specified. As for those things like the meaning of istawa is not specified. The meaning of yadullah is not specified even though we know the general meaning. But we know it's not a limb. But you do not spend 20-30 years of your life just attempting to discuss those things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left unspecified. Otherwise, you will never act upon the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the Salafi movement today is busy questioning people, where is Allah, the hands of Allah, while Palestine is occupied, they are busy questioning people regard, with regard to uh, Yadullah, something which has been discussed from the time of a Salafu Salihun. And similarly, with all the other misguided groups. They are still discussing things which have been already decided. Like the superiority of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an. You have these people, these Shia now, always bringing up the same discussion, something that's decided. What are they doing for the cause of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and the occupation of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and the Muslims that are suffering and returning back the Muslims to the Khilafah? and establishing the practical aspects of Islam for people, instead of discussing those things which have already been discussed. So he states, if you attempt to hope for knowledge of those things which you can never gain, then what will happen? Hajabahu maramuhu, his hopes will veil him from khalis tawheed pure tawheed wasafi al-ma'rifati, uh, safi Safa is what purity of what ma'rifah people translate this in English as gnosis, knowledge of Allah. Was sahih al iman, 
correct iman, meaning read the hadith, read Sahih al-Bukhari, read the hadith and sifat, and take the lessons from the hadith. Like the hadith that mentions Allah descends on the last third of the night. Now, rather than attempting to contemplate how Allah descends, why ain't you doing the practical of the hadith which says, ask Allah on the last third of the night? Do you see the problem? The hadith is saying Allah descends on the last third of the night. The descent here doesn't mean the descent of creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't specified the meaning. But the purpose of the hadith is to busy us in the night that when the time of tahajjud comes in, we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine all the Salafis and all the Sufis on the last third of the night were doing dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Instead of debating on that which has already been stated by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Or for instance, the hadith states that the sadaqa falls into the, the hand of Ar-Rahman. Rahman. Instead of trying to debate what Yadir Rahman entails, we know it doesn't mean a limb. But in, instead of attempting to specify the meaning, give the sadaqa. Imagine if all those people who were debating, they gathered all the sadaqat. And instead of giving the false peers and mask charities that steal money and all these organized charities that steal money, they gathered the sadaqa correctly and they sent the relief to the people now who are in the earthquake. Acting upon the deen of Allah rather than reflecting upon that which has already been said. So read the hadith, read the Qur'an in abundance, read the hadith, but those things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't specified the meaning, don't waste your time in attempting to find the meaning, act upon that which the Qur'an requires. So, al-imani, correct belief, such a person, meaning such a person who spends all his life, you can go down to certain Areas like you go down to the right street, masjid, you will have people there for 30, 40 years. They have been discussing the same things. You go to our masajid, our Sufi masajid. You go for 30, 40 years. They have been discussing the same things. Where is the practical? The practical Islam, meaning acting upon your deen. This is what Imam Al-Tahawi is getting at. That rather than discussing that which has been left, vague by Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam act upon the Quran and Sunnah. Such a person will be يتذبذب. He will be doubtful between kufr and iman. Unbelief and al-iman faith. والتصديق والتكذيب and between affirmation and rejection. والإقراري well, inkar. Iqrar is also to affirm. Inkar is to reject. Muwaswasan ta'ihan. Such a person will become muwaswas. What is muwaswas? He will always have satanic whisperings. They reflect on those things which they can never know. Those things which they can never know. Like qada and qadr, the sir of qada and qadr, the secret of qada and qadr. 
we will never know except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from time to time gives us drops from his ocean that what do we receive some of the wisdom why certain things happen in the way that they happen. The knowledge has not been specified. So we do not reflect upon those things which we can never specify. Ta'ih is someone lost. When someone gets lost in the desert, they can be described as ta'ih. Shakan, doubtful. La mu'minan musaddiqan. And he will not be a believer, musaddiq, meaning affirming. Wala jahidan mukaddiman, and neither an outright unbeliever. Jahid, jahid is someone who rejects. Mukaddib is someone who belies something. He says this is a lie. Meaning he will always be in a state of doubt because he is at all times discussing those things which have never been specified. Then he states, وَلَا يَصِحُ الْإِيمَانُ بِالرُّؤْيَةِ And Al-Iman is not valid with the vision, meaning the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لِأَهْلِ دَارِ salam For the people of Daru salam What is Daru salam Daru salam is paradise. Daru salam is paradise, the abode of peace. لِمَنْ اِعْتَبَرَ مِنْهُمْ بِوَهْمٍ Whoever considers it imagination. So people who deem the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as imagination, wahm, doubtful, they will never have the vision in Darus Salam. أَوْ تَأَوَّلَهَا بِفَهْمٍ Or he attempts to interpret it by negating it. Now this is another ta'wil which is invalid. A ta'wil which negates what has been affirmed by Allah. A ta'wil which negates what has been affirmed by Allah. The vision of Allah has been affirmed. You cannot interpret it to mean something which negates the vision totally. أَوْ تَأَوَّلَهَا بِفَهْمٍ إِذَا كَانَ تَأْوِيلُ الرُّؤْيَةِ If he interprets the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَالتَّعْوِيلُ كُلِّ مَعْنًا يُضَافُ إِلَى الرُّبُوبِيَةِ And he interprets every quality that is ascribed to his lordship بِالتَّرْكِ التَّعْوِيلِ وَالْلُزُومِ التَّسْلِيمِ Meaning such a person should not interpret everything but rather he should abandon ta'wil and affirm everything for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever has been affirmed in the Qur'an, he affirms. Whatever has been affirmed in the sunnah, he must affirm. وَعَلَيْهِ دِينُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And upon this is the religion of the Muslims. Deen, if you can refer to it as religion, the deen. Deenullah is unique from religion. Deenul الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتَوَقَّأَ النَّفْيَ وَالتَّشْبِيهَ Whoever does not protect himself from negation. What is negation? Negation is negating the attribute. We do not negate what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has affirmed. And he doesn't protect himself from a tashbih. What is a tashbih? Likening Allah to creation. So an example of this. We affirm istawa for Allah. But we negate a tashbih. We affirm yadullah. 
but we negate the tashbih. We affirm everything that has been ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran and Sunnah, but we negate a tashbih. What is tashbih? Likening it to creation. We negate that. Zalla means such a person slips. Zalla. Walam yusibit tanziha. And he has not been correct in affirming transcendency for Allah. Walam yusibit tanzih. Transcendency. فَإِنَّ رَبَّنَا جَلَّ وَعَلَى For indeed our Lord, majestic and mighty, Jalla, exalted, وَعَلَى high, Mawsufun is described with sifat al-wahdaniyah, is described with the attributes of oneness. مَنْعُوتٌ بِنُعُوتِ الْفَرْدَانِيَةِ He has the, Man'ut is to have the attributes of what? Unique oneness, Fardaniyah. Wahdaniya is oneness. Fardaniya is unique oneness. Laysa fi ma'nahu ahadun min al-bariya. None of these qualities are found in anyone in the creation. The qualities of wahdaniya. So he says here something very important, which is, wa ta'ala, and most high, anil hudud. What is al-hudud? Limits. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have al-hudud. Hudud is limits. So you cannot say Allah is limited to something. You cannot say He's limited within creation or above creation. Ta'ala anil hudud. Wal-ghayat. Al-ghayat, the plural of ghaya. Ghaya is end. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have an end. He doesn't have limits. Wal-arkani. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have arkan. Arkan is plural of rukn. A pillar is rukn. Here it means parts. Wal-a'da. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have al-a'da. Plural of udwan, body parts, appendages. He's free from all of this. Wal-adawat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have instruments. Plural of adatun. You cannot say he needs instruments to do certain things. And then he says, La tahwihi al-jihatu sittu. The six directions do not contain him. Kasair al-mubtada'at. Like all created things. Mubtada'at from badi' From Bada'a, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Badi'u samawati wal ard, the one who originated the heavens and the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not contained by the six directions. This paragraph negates all of the modern day Salafi movement and its claim to being from the time of a Salafu Salihun. This paragraph. It negates it. And this is why Nasiruddin al-Albani, in his edition of Al-Aqidatul Tahawiyah, he attempted to, to question the paragraph, the validity of the paragraph, this sentence. Why? Because it negates direction for Allah. It negates Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being contained. And they ask a silly question. That is, is Allah 
in the heavens, in the creation, in the world or out of the world? It's an absurd question. Because Allah exists now as He has always existed before the heavens and the earth existed. And before the heavens and the earth existed, He was neither in the heavens or the earth. He was neither in or out. It doesn't apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they believe this is some deep philosophical question that they can ask people. It's an absurdity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existed. There was no heavens and earth. The heavens and earth come into existence. Allah is as he was and remains as he will be. So this passage, it really uh, destroys the foundation of the modern Salafi movement, pseudo-Salafi movement, led by the likes of Salih al-Uthaymeen and Bin Baz and Nasiruddin al-Albani. In reality, those youth who have gone towards Salafism should go towards one of the four Sunni schools, Hanbali or Shafi'i, because the Hanbali and Shafi'i school, they go on the outward of the Hadith more, adopt the Aqidah Tahawiyah according to its correct understanding, and join the ranks of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah. They can condemn Bid'ah in the Sufi groups. There's nothing wrong with condemning Bid'ah. Sufis themselves condemned the Bid'ah. Like Abu Shama, read his book on Bid'ah. Read the works of the Sufi ulama like Imam Abdul Wahab al-Sha'rani when he condemns in Al-Minal al-Kubra the Bid'ah and the Mawlid when they bring food into the masjids and they make the masajid smell and bring impurities into the masajid. Condemn the bid'ah. No one is stopping you from condemning bid'ah. But do not have bid'ah in your beliefs, which is believing Allah is located in a, in a place above the arsh and all these additional beliefs. Inshallah, from this point, which is the point after wal-mi'raju haqqun, and next week is 27th of Rajab. And inshallah, in the second session, we will continue from Wal mi'raju haqqun insha'Allah ta'ala.